Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike the intern, Ned Reynolds in the studio this morning. Week and a half ago, we were given a bunch of... uh, at least talking a lot of trash towards the Miami Marlins saying, ha ha, you can't get your stuff together. Ha 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 ha. Well, now Cardinals fans, guess that's us now, huh? In a sense, it is. Uh, Miami has many, many more COVID-19 uh, cases than the Cardinals do, but the Cardinals still are in a dicey and and really panicked situation since they don't know what to do and they won't know what to do until probably, I think they'll learn about eight o'clock or nine o'clock this morning when the new test Results come in. They've had what are described as multiple cases. Now, what that means, it could be two or three or whatever. Uh, The last I heard, they had four players testing positive and three people from their support crew, which is uh, the people in the clubhouse. And because of the contagion, you've got to shut them down. So the revised schedule as of now, the Cardinals go to Detroit. The game today is out. But it's a four-game series, two in St. Louis or two in Detroit and two in St. Louis. That's been changed. They're all in Detroit. But who cares? Nobody can go to the game, so what difference does it make? So what they would do is play a game tomorrow, two on Wednesday, and one more on Thursday, and then go and resume their schedule back in St. Louis. But that is as of now. That can change. The Cardinals are trying to contain this spread somehow, some way, and how it happened, who knows? Yeah, it, well, I read I read a uh, thing on a forum last night saying, and again, it's hearsay until it's been actually reported on as fact. But they had a meeting yesterday, and it was not good. The amount of people they had, or at least thought they were going to come oh, back. Oh no, with I think that's probably right. So it's not like it's not looking good for the Cardinals now, right now. The reason now. they say that is because of the what they call the trace uh, yeah. findings on this, and these are people who had contact with those who do have or at least have tested uh, positive for it. But you can't always tell from something like that. We'll see. Yeah, you're true. It's right. Now, um, It the whole bubble system probably would have worked a lot better for baseball, but considering the amount of players each team has, it's really, really difficult to pull that off. I think it would be next to impossible. But with the NBA, teams are smaller, a little bit more possible, and there weren't all the teams involved since they were so close to getting back to the playoffs and all that stuff. So the whole bubble principle worked better with them. How's that going it's, so far? It's, it's not comparable. You can't compare the situations because they're two totally different uh, circumstances with, as you said, the much more players involved. NBA is compact. Mm-hmm. You have number few, just a very few, five on the court at one time and 12 on your roster. Or you can put them in a bubble, and they did, and it's working very well. They've had no COVID-19 positives, none. And their uh, their season, and the way they work their season in the NBA is the final eight regular season games. That's to determine the teams that are going to make the playoffs. There are six who are already in the playoffs, and what they're doing now is kind of biding their time and playing amongst each other and so forth and so on. But that season's going on. It's the Milwaukee Bucks and the Los Angeles Lakers who have the uh, two best records. And the other teams, well, they're just simply playing for seeding now. And again, what difference does it make? There is no home court advantage. All the games are in the Walt Disney World Complex, the ESPN Complex. Yeah, and it's been interesting kind of watch those games, especially with that screen surrounding the whole court. It's It really feels like a video game. It's it's really crazy. Um, early on, you know, it's, it's probably going to be Lakers or Bucks. Who do you think? Well, of those two, they're both outstanding teams, yeah. but in a short series, and, and these will be short series, 
And in a neutral circumstance, you never can tell. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Either way, it's going to be a crazy end of the season. And uh, over the weekend, pretty interesting golf tournament, especially uh, yesterday afternoon, man. There was a very, very close, close moment there where a lot of guys could have been, really could have been anyone there until one guy just took it and ran away with it. And that one guy is Justin Thomas. And by winning it, Justin Thomas regained the number one spot in the world. Uh, the previous number one, Bruce Kepka, was number one for one week. Well, <laughs> now it's Justin Thomas up there again as he wins the uh, St. This is the old St. Jude Classic. It's now called the World Golf Championship FedEx St. Jude Classic. Come on, people. Come on. All this, of course, for <laughs> advertising years, it'll be, it'll be and, and for name long. recognition purposes. And doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, anyway, uh, Justin Thomas wins the thing, regains number one, and now sets himself up for this week's tournament, which is the first of the year's majors. It's the PGA National. They'll play at Harding Park in San Francisco. All the big names will be there, and I, Tiger Woods will be there. He's shooting for his 16th, 16th major victory. Jack Nicklaus holds the record with 18 majors. Tiger still thinks he can get them, but winning those majors is really tough, and Harding Park is is very difficult. So we'll see what happens. That's this weekend. He didn't have too much further to go, and I think uh, it'll be interesting to see if he actually pulls that off. But yeah, really good competition yesterday. So we talked about the possible viral outbreak with the St. Louis Cardinals. So they obviously had the weekend off, but the Kansas City Royals seem to be doing it at least keeping themselves healthy. How'd they play, though? <laughs> Not very well. Played the Chicago White Sox, and the White Sox are pretty doggone good, and Chicago swept the series up in Kansas City. Wiped them out completely, won 9-2 to yesterday. White Sox are very good. And once they get their act together, and by act, act together, I mean the defense and the pitching, because they do have the sticks on that team. And once they get that working, that's a tough team to beat. Of course, they're in the same division with the Indians and the Minnesota Twins, and the White Sox do have to play the Cardinals, I believe, six times, if I'm not mistaken. But either four or six, whatever that uh, ratio breaks down. But they're very good. That's a good team. Yeah, they are. And uh, speaking of pitching, that's something the Royals definitely could use right they now. They don't have any. Yeah, they don't have any. And when you're losing games 9-2, to two, it's pretty obvious. Uh, I saw this in Art's post yesterday. We did have a uh, Ozark sports icon leave us over the weekend. And... Uh, Really cool guy. He was. Terrific guy, Bonus Frost. He meant a whole lot to all of us. First time I met him was 53 years ago. He's a great softball player, but over and above that, he was an outstanding uh, athlete at Springfield Central before I came here. Uh, uh, Bonus and I are about the same age. Uh, He was not only a top athlete and a long, long, long time Hall of Fame fast pitch softball player, but a great guy. Later went and worked for the Springfield Chamber of Commerce, and he is responsible for bringing in any number of events here in town and is the founder of the Springfield Sports Hall of Fame, which we have now and which is ongoing and which we will have new inductees a little bit later on in October. But Bonus was right there, always there, always with a very gentle demeanor, good guy, uh, a positive individual. You always respond well when individuals are positive and always see the bright light, and that was that was Bonus Frost, a really good guy, and very sad he'd been ill for quite some time, but now he can rest in peace. He's a terrific individual and deserves every, all the rest he can get. Yeah, and I think you, you said something that's really important that uh, I think people need to take to heart, and that is 
when it comes to the person that you need to be or at least strive to be bringing any kind of positivity or light into this world is something that we all can try to do which that is, the key. is uh it's sad when uh, we lose that especially with someone here locally um, we talked about the uh, NBA and how, how on point they were with the bubble, but it was a little bit easier considering the way that basketball is and the amount of people. But I think also it comes down to discipline because the NHL the NHL's kind of doing the same thing, right? I mean, Well, it's very similar because yeah. that they're using two bubbles or two venues for what they do. One is Edmonton, the other is Toronto. One was to have been in Canada under the original plan and the other in the United States. And the United States choice was Las Vegas. But they had a big uh, COVID-19 outbreak there. So the NHL said, no, we'll put them both in Canada. And so far, that's working out very well. Hockey season's underway. (laughs) Didn't work out well for the Blues last night. No, it did not. I have never seen anything like this. In fact, I don't think anybody has. The game, first of all, the Blues are already their division winner. So they're into the playoffs. What the National Hockey League has done is have all the other teams who are qualified uh, for the postseason playing for where they're going to rank. The top four are playing amongst each other. It's called a round robin, and they're playing for seeding. Which one's going to be number one? Well, what difference does it make? There is no home ice advantage. So the difference is that it's giving these teams an opportunity to work out. Anyway, okay, it's a game. First one for the Blues, playing the Colorado Avalanche. And, Mike, the game is in, on a power play yep. in the final minute of the game. And the Avalanche have the power play. They have the puck right around the net, constantly hitting at it. Horn sounds just as the puck goes in the net for the Avalanche. Well, that means well, the Avalanche, all celebrating, think they won it. But it came at the, at the horn. Referee has to go to the uh, video replay and <laughs> with less than one-tenth of a second. Now keep in mind, folks, that the final two minutes of a game, the clock in the arena registers tenths of seconds. That's so you can make judgments like this. Well, they stopped it, and the puck cleared the line with less than one-tenth of a second remaining. Victory for Colorado, 2-1. to one. That's hockey, man. It that's is. hockey. Well, it's, it's sports. Yeah, that's and when sports. You, when you have the timing devices like that and you make it work, yeah. it took them about oh, five to six or seven minutes to make that determination. It was that close. But Colorado wins it 2-1. The uh, Blues will play again on Thursday night. But these are round-robin games to determine where you're going to be seated and Again, who cares? Yeah, in the same places yeah. anyway. It ain't going to really make a whole lot of difference, and it really was a close game, so it wasn't a blowout. But at least those guys that are playing hockey and basketball are being disciplined and doing what they need to do so they can play the sport they love. And I think that's what it comes down to. Hopefully the NFL can follow suit and do the same thing. But we hope only so. time will tell, my man. Have a great Monday, sir, and, and I'll see you, you back sir. here tonight, 6 o'clock, for yes, Ned sir. Talk. Yes, sir.